with insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I am no longer Talk Radio's premier Jewish women activist. I am now today's premier Jewish women activist because starting this week, we are airing on Conservative Television of America, and you can download us anytime, anywhere through Roku TV and through Amazon Fire TV. We are also on many local stations, Monday nights, 5 p.m. Eastern time throughout the state of Georgia and neighboring Southern states. And very shortly, we will be coming to your television set throughout the 50 states, especially as we get closer to November elections. So sit back and stay tuned. We have a very special show tonight to share. We have with us the mayor from Efrat, Israel, and we are going to be talking with him about the Biden visit and about many of the issues that are concerning Americans, both Jewish and non-Jewish, and Israelis, both Jewish and non-Jewish. It's a very special episode with a very special interview, so sit back and stay tuned and learn more about how Jews and non-Jews are united in building the strongest relationship among Israel and America in the Middle East more now than ever before. And we are also going to be speaking to candidates on the state and national level about the August 23rd primaries in Florida and New York, where crime, where medical freedom, and where safety and security and the economy are taking center stage for voters. These issues are not just for Republicans, but for anybody who is a common sense voter in the independent and democratic parties, and even the progressives, we welcome you. We wanna work with you. But before we begin, I wanna pay tribute to Jimmy Kahn. The actor James Kahn died at the age of 82, and he was very much like me. He was born in New York. He was a proud New York Jew. He was a proud Zionist. He was a proud conservative. And he was also somebody who liked to watch Fox News. He voted for Donald Trump. The big difference between us was that James Kahn believed he was an actor. And he was, he was a legend for decades. Think about what you enjoyed watching with him, what your parents enjoyed watching from his work and what your children, they all watch Elf on Christmas. To me, Jimmy Kahn represents a lot more than just another actor dying. He is representing a dying breed of people who come from a generation of immigrants who work very hard to have their children educated, to have their children love America, and to give themselves such an incredible life that they were able to pass their life on and offer their children things their parents and grandparents never dreamed of. But I want to also talk about something else about what I feel is one of my favorite Jimmy Kahn roles, Brian's Song. Of course, that was the breakout movie in 1971 that premiered on TV that was so popular that it went to the big screens. And I know you're listening in your ear right now. You're tuning in and listening to the music from it. Who can forget the famous uh, Henry Mancini theme song? written by Michelle Legrand. But more important, it could teach us a lesson today, how a black and a white were put in a situation to live together and learned to love each other 
to share in triumph and to share in tragedy. The story of Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers is something that we could all learn today. And I must talk about another role I loved of his, one that he's not getting much talk uh, about in the obituaries, the 1975 movie, A Funny Lady, the sequel to Funny Girl. He played a real Jew by the name of Billy Rose, a theater legend, a songwriter, a producer, and one of the husbands of Fanny Bryce. He had a lot in common with Billy Rose. Billy Rose was also a proud Jew, a strong Zionist. In fact, when you go to Israel, you can visit the Billy Rose Museum and Gardens. Jimmy Kahn visited Israel many times and he was very outspoken about people who did not like Israel. In fact, during the time that James Kahn took a break from acting, he went to Israel and he actually taught at Hebrew University. We all see the pictures on social media. He was at the wall putting on tefillin with Chabad rabbis. He took pictures and met multiple times with Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu and Sarah. We will miss you, Jimmy, but you will never be forgotten. As we say in the Jewish religion, may his neshama have an aliyah. We have such a huge show. Uh, we got to move forward. So sit back, stay tuned, and join us shortly. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike. Stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. Had enough yet? Do facts no longer matter? Are lies to be encouraged instead of punished? This is not our inheritance. If truth no longer matters, we will not remain free for long. This is our generation's challenge, to defend our founders' hope that we the people could self-govern if we defend our right to get the facts. And right now, we're building the only defense a free people have, the facts on every politician every position they held, every statement they've made, every vote they've made, and any cash they've taken. It's the real history on those now pandering for your vote. There are hundreds of young people building our defense right now, and they need your help. We all have our passions, but as our ancestors knew, when events become so foul they threaten us all, we must stand and defend each other. Please, have our backs. Join us at votesmart.org. So, what has Andrew Garbarino done for you lately? Let's see. Recklessly voted for Joe Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Betrayed fellow Republicans by voting to certify the 2020 election. Oh, and voted to create an independent commission to investigate the July 6th protest. Andrew Garbarino is no Republican, but Mike Rakebrandt is. New York's 2nd District deserves a real Republican to protect them in Washington. Mike Rakebrandt is a real Republican who won't turn his back on the Republican Party. Mike Rakebrandt is a faithful New Yorker, awarded the Purple Heart, protecting your freedoms on the battlefield, and as an NYPD detective, knows how to protect New Yorkers. When you vote for Mike Rakebrandt in the Republican primary, he'll protect your freedoms in Congress to secure our southern border and let ICE do their jobs, ban critical race theory in our schools, and withdraw from the Paris Climate Agreement. Vote for Mike Rakebrandt on June 28th and return common sense and good stewardship to New York's 2nd District. Mike Rakebrandt won't turn his back on Republicans, and Mike Rakebrandt won't turn his back on you. Learn more about Mike Rakebrandt at MikeRakebrandtForCongress.com. Again, visit MikeRakeBrandtForCongress.com. Paid for by Mike Rakebrandt for Congress.
Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. Joining us now from Israel is the mayor of Efrat, Odette Bavivi, and he has been elected multiple times. He is an attorney. He is one of the most influential people in Israel working all the time with American leadership in the Jewish community, elected officials, and he is a former uh, chair in the far, a foreign, I'm sorry, a foreign envoy. I'm going to, we're going to edit that out. Okay. A former chair for a former envoy. Anyway, and let me pause it. We're going to. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. With all the news, what's going on in Israel, we are honored to have with us the mayor from Efrat. He's been elected multiple times. He is one of Israel's most popular politicians and attorney. And he works very closely with many elected officials in America and with the major Jewish organization leaders. Thank you so much for joining the show, Mayor Adet Ravivi. My pleasure. It's an honor to be on this show. So what can we say about the headlines this week? We have uh, the American president going to Israel. And right now, a lot of people are very concerned about the Israeli-American relationship. They had many years of such a strong bond with President Trump and, of course, the historic embassy opening in Jerusalem. And now we are facing a little bit different time. So what do you think is going to happen this week? So first of all, we have to understand that we're recording before we actually arrived in Israel. So everything that we're saying is without really knowing what has happened in reality. Um, the buildup to this uh, visit is quite weird this time. Because I can say for myself, I was in the States three weeks ago. I was in a meeting in the State Department. And I actually asked them, you know, your president is planning to come to Israel. In Israel, it's seen as if he's coming to try and resuscitate a government which is on its deathbed, not knowing what was going to happen when I come back to Israel. I come back to Israel, Prime Minister Netanyahu, former Prime Minister Bennett, announces that he's resigning and going to elections, saying that he's stepping down from the position, putting in place of him uh, Yair Lapid. And when the, plan, the visit was planned, the plan was to meet Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. Yet he's coming, the president, to Israel, meeting a completely new prime minister who hasn't been yet two weeks in office, is facing elections in November. So it puts the whole visit in some sort of frame that is completely uncertain as to what they will discuss. What they discuss, does it have any power to come into fruition? And therefore, what is the purpose of the visit? To be fair and honest with the people that hosted me in the State Department, they said, well, you know, the relationship between the people to people is so strong, is so meaningful, it doesn't matter who the leaders are. It's important about the people to people. So that's nice as a headline. At the end of the day, when a president comes to meet a prime minister, there are definitely some different anticipations of what's going to come out of this meeting. But as it's seen, I think, also in the United States and in Israel, both the president is quite weak, the prime minister is quite weak, and therefore... I can't anticipate that any big headlines will come out of this visit rather than the visit itself, which is, of course, significant to show the relationship between the two countries. So here are some of the headlines that we in America, America are talking about. First of all, a lot of people think he is going to discuss the Iran nuclear deal. That seems to be every day in a different kind of headline, stronger, weaker, but definitely a topic in the Biden administration. Your thoughts on that and what you're hearing in Israel? So the Iran deal is definitely something which is bothering Israel. I personally think America should be more worried about Iran than Israel because at the end of the day, Israel is way smaller than the United States. And if the Iranians are really planning something, it's more to threaten the United States than the state of Israel. 
But even if we take the Iran deal, judging by the pieces of information that are being published in the media, there's no really Iran deal discussed anymore because the Iranians are basically saying, you're completely off the pitch. You're not even raising issues that we're willing to discuss. So I don't know what there is to discuss about the Iranian deal besides recognizing that there is no deal and other sanctions are going to be renewed and enforced or the American administration is going to give in and just say, you know what, we've lost this battle. Let's see what's the outcome of it. So the, another big topic here is Saudi Arabia and oil. Go ahead, your thoughts. So oil, I think we are all realizing the implications of the war between Russia and the Ukraine. It costs us way more money to uh, fill up the cars with oil and petrol. And that has a significant implication on every individual. <clears throat> Whether the American president can bring a deal from Saudi Arabia to bring in more supply of oil and by that reduce the prices? I definitely hope so. Um, again, judging by the headlines and the anticipation, the relationship with Saudi Arabia is warming up, but the, again, the headlines and the pieces of information which are coming out is don't hold your breath. Nothing completely earth-shaking is going to come out. No big peace agreement. It's a process. It will take time. We're in the right direction, but don't uh, over get excited about what's going to happen this week. So there was uh, a tease in one of the uh, websites out of Israel that there is talk with another modern Arab country to join forces and become allies with Israel as part of, I guess, the extension of the Abraham Accords. Can you share with us if you know so anything about that? Of course, I don't think anybody really knows anything about it. What we do know, it's a process that definitely started with the previous administration, both in Israel and in the United States. Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Trump have taught the world and all those who said traditionally that Israel will be isolated until the Palestinian issue will be resolved that Israel and the Americans can actually reach agreements with Arab countries, whilst the Palestinian issue is not really being promoted, dealt with or sorted out for whatever reasons they may be. And Prime Minister Netanyahu, during his term, bought four peace agreements without any concession of any land or any demands of the state of Israel under the umbrella of the Abraham Accord. Both the previous administration and Prime Minister Netanyahu said that there are more countries in the pipeline. Whether these countries will choose to come out into the world during these weeks when both administrations are weak, when Israel is going into elections, when the American people are going to midterm elections, I don't know. I have a tendency to think that they would rather wait and see who will be the newly elected uh, administration in Israel what will be the outcome of the midterm elections in the states in order to try and achieve more from the newly elected government rather than somebody who can't deliver the day after. So you brought up my next question in your answer. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu and Donald Trump. It's no secret that conservatives and like-minded people in Israel and America want to see both leaders back. It's all over social media. It's a constant discussion. Uh, any thoughts about what is going on and how the people of Israel feel? Um, in Israel, we are in the process of elections. Uh, I think it's something which Americans can't even understand. I had a delegation from Harvard Kennedy School a few weeks ago, and they asked me, how long is the, uh, the campaign lasting before elections? And I said to them, well, you know, in Israel, we're in a constant campaign from the day of elections because you don't know when will be the next elections. Unlike in the United States, that from one election to the other election, you have a term of four years. So here we had elections just over a year ago. The government has already lost its confidence in parliament, and we're heading into a fifth round of election in a period of three years. That's very, very frequently. The polls say that about 
a quarter of the people of the state of Israel actually support the, or maybe even a third of the people support the party of Likud headed by Benjamin Netanyahu. He is still the number one most popular person to be elected as prime minister, and he is leading the biggest party in parliament today, and also according to the polls, which anticipate what will be the results in the elections of the 1st of November. However, he is representing only a third of the people. He doesn't have a majority of 50%. The government in Israel is formed of a coalition. Whether he will manage to form that coalition of having 50% of the seats in parliament or not, that is the biggest question at the moment. It is very hard to predict because you don't know which parties will pass the threshold, which parties won't pass the threshold, what will be the turn up of people voting and how many votes will actually people give. So it's very hard to predict. We are definitely in suspense, wanting to hope that finally we'll have a stable government with a stable majority, not subject to too many parties forming the coalition. Regarding the United States, uh, I don't have a voting power in the United States. I can definitely say as somebody who has been serving as mayor for over 14 years, that the term of President Trump was definitely a very good and supportive term to the Jews living in Judea and Samaria, and I think also to the people of Israel. But that will have to be a decision of the people of the United States to decide who will be their president, and hopefully their relationship between Israel and the United States will only grow stronger and more supportive than maybe when we are at the moment. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit, there were some headlines for my non-Jewish audience. I want to explain that many religious Jews traveled to Uman right before the high holidays. And there came out, I think it was from the Israeli ministry about Jews will not be able to go to Uman because it's in the territory that is part of the Ukraine Russian war. And is there any discussion about it? Can you give us some more information? Since so many of us in is in America are interested in uh, what is happening, so definitely uh, every year during the high holidays we see that there is uh, quite a lot of people flying over to Uman uh, to celebrate the high holidays over there. Um, the headlines, the newspapers are discussing whether it will be allowed this year or not. Uh, we're still about two and a half months before the high holidays. So it's hard to know what will be the situation there, but it's definitely an issue which is bothering, bo bothering people who usually go there every year, not knowing what will happen this year. Tell our audience a little bit about Efrat. So Efrat is a very unique city and we create way more noise than what the size of the city actually is. It's only a 15,000 people uh, city. It is located you have Jerusalem, south of Jerusalem, you have the city of Bethlehem, and bordering the city of Bethlehem, we have the city of Ephrat, in a very unique uh, place, uh, planned in a very uh, interesting geographical way, where it is a very narrow and long city, where it's not surrounded by a fence, and the founders of the city had a vision of building the city, not surrounding it by a fence, and creating an element of security by building bridges with our Arab neighbors. And this year we're celebrating uh, 40 years since the establishment of the city of Efrat. And I can definitely say that those relationships that were planned 40 years ago are in existence up until today. Efrat is still not surrounded by a fence. We still enjoy good relationship with our Arab neighbors. And I'm willing to take the blame that I've taken that issue into making it a tourist attraction that many people come and see the reality here, how Jews live alongside the Arabs, basically demonstrating what peace can look like if it only will be dealt with in the right mechanism, in the right approach, what we can strive to. And tell our audience a little bit about you because uh, you were named in 2020, one of the 50 most important people by the Jerusalem Post. And like you said, you do work closely with many foreign countries in addition to being the mayor of Efrat. And I've been lucky enough to be with you in Israel and in America. So tell them a little bit about you. 
Um, first of all, don't believe everything you read in the papers, but put that aside. Uh, it's my third term as mayor. I was a lawyer before I became a mayor. And I think in a nutshell, what I'm trying to do is show the world the reality on the ground, invest a lot of time advocating for the state of Israel under the belief that there is a lot of ignorance out there. And if uh, we confuse them with the facts, then we can really adopt the notion of too many facts, kill a good story. And by that, showing the people the reality on the ground, show them a different approach that they might have not been aware of beforehand. And by that, change their back on you. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And uh, no, so basically that's uh, what I do besides being uh, the mayor. And I find it also very satisfying, but also challenging. And I think it's something that if we have the ability on a personal capacity, on a national capacity, we need to try and do it as much as possible in order to gain as many supporters as we can. So any last thoughts before we close? Um, I definitely am extremely appreciative of this uh, platform that I was invited to take part in. I think we need to try and spread the facts and the reality, which is on the ground. Invite people to come and see. Once you see, you come out with a completely different perspective of what you see in the media or in the newspapers on social media. And therefore, whoever has an opportunity to come over and visit reach out. We'll be more than happy to host you and show you the real Israel. Well, I could say firsthand, I know what a great host you are, uh, what a great uh, team you have with you, and how welcoming you are to Jews and non-Jews alike who support the state of Israel. You do work closely with a lot of the Christian Zionists, I know, and uh, we are just so happy to have you on the Jewish Patriot. Thank you for calling in from Israel. Thank you. And we'll have you back again, and we're going to have more updates as we get closer and closer to Israeli and American elections and headline news. Thank you so much for joining the Jewish Patriot. Thank you very much. All the best. Lahitra Oat. Bye. Bye-bye. American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left to distract from billions in taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs? Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians. Stand up, Texas. There comes a time in one's life where you have to take a stand for what you believe in. To stand for what you know in your heart is right. For yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren. As Texans, we are in a fight for our independence and the promise of freedom that Texas was built upon. And it's that very freedom that is being stripped away from us right now. As brothers, sisters, business owners, employees, students, we are all in this fight together. It's time to take a stand, Texas. We are an organization of nearly 400,000 Texans. We're pushing for Texit and our freedom, our independence. Join us. Let's stand together. Visit texitnow.org. That's texitnow.org. Paid for by the Texas Nationalist Movement. Welcome back to the Jewess Patriot. I am so honored to have with us somebody who is so unique and so dedicated and so proud of his country that he is a new face of the GOP. And you know, if you follow me, how I stress to people, get out and vote in primaries and in general elections for local and state representatives. I can't emphasize it enough. Because as you know, many of the people running for Congress and Senate now started out in local politics. Local politicians are the ones you get to meet and actually work with because they are in the area and are available to meet you, to speak with you, and to get to know you and hear your issues. Ken Davenport is running in Florida for the 35th district for state representative in the House. And we're all looking at Florida because 
Who lives there? 45. And who else lives there? Ron DeSantis. So thank you so much for joining the Jewish Patriot. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I get to meet and get to research a lot of candidates and your story is so unique and you are at the forefront of so many headlines and trends that are going to affect the primaries in August, August 23rd for you in Florida, and again in November during the general election. Uh, first of all, you are a flight attendant and you're involved in transportation and every day, even the mainstream media is talking about the cost of flights, the availability of flights, pilots and being tired, you name it, people are very concerned about travel. What are you seeing as a flight attendant? Well, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of changes have happened here in the last two years. The, the government stepped in and uh, kind of uh, took over our industry. And the CEOs allowed the, the, the money that was given to them by the uh, uh, pandemic and uh, it changed a lot of rules. They forced these mandates on us. They forced uh, uh, us to shut down the planes. And we already have an amazingly safe uh, environment with the air and how the air flows through the plane. Uh, it's every seven to 15 seconds that that air is gone. And we don't have a lot of COVID uh, issues on the plane. I mean, you don't see that, uh, like, like with uh, cruise ships, you don't see planes landing with everybody on the plane sick. It's very rare. And the passengers, they're, they're, they're amazing. I mean, there are some people that are, are getting uh, upset, but uh, in the most part, people are just trying to get out. They're trying to live their life. And it's been a pleasure the last a few months since the mask has been lifted to have people on the plane and their children being able to play around again and not be yelled at for not wearing a mask. It's, it's a pleasure to be back in the sky doing this again. I really love what I do. Well, it shows in the work and, and your enthusiasm as you're talking about it. We have to talk about our transportation secretary who thinks that uh, people could go buy electric cars, that people should you know, sit hours waiting in airports while he takes private jets, who you know, takes off for paternity leave. What are people talking about Mayor Pete? I mean, are they taking him seriously as a possible 2024 presidential candidate? Not on my side. I don't. I don't hear anybody talking about him. You know, he, he comes out and he, he talks about things that he doesn't know that much about. And it's sad that we have someone that's in charge of transportation that wants to blame everybody but himself. He's the one right there implementing these uh, rules that should not be implemented, and they're they're affecting people's lives. And and you you can see on the planes that pilots are tired, flight attendants are tired. But we're still out there putting a smile on and we're trying to do the best we can to help people get where they want to go. And they need to stay out of the industry and let the companies run these planes, because when when the companies ran the organizations, we did great. So we have to talk about another topic that's close to your heart. And you have a very personal story that really uh you know, ignited your interest in running for public office, and that's medical freedom. Tell us yes. why medical freedom, I'm sorry, freedom is a top uh, issue for you. And when you're elected, because we're hearing great stuff about you, we know you're going to win your primary. When you're elected, how are you going to lead the country as a state representative in medical freedom? So we, we have to really work hard to protect the people. Um, I had a quadruple bypass. I had, uh, I'd had several heart attacks and last year I, uh, went through the, the bypass. I was two weeks on the ventilator, several weeks in the hospital. And this year, when I get elected, it'll be my wife and I's 25th anniversary and the horrific nightmares and dreams that I had while I was under that sedation. Um, I can only imagine what these poor individuals were going through that had been married 50 and 60 years and to be living in the United States and allowing individuals to be alone and by themselves I know the trauma that I went through and it took me several months to to get over that mentally um, to where I wouldn't um, break down about my kids and stuff like this and and so with that fight Florida still has a, a, a law in the books that the medical director could shut down um, our state 
if we don't have the amazing governor that we have and we get a medical director that wants to control the state and shut us down like Fossey would, we have to get those laws off the books. We have to increase the uh, ability for parents and family members to be with their families when they're in these hospitals. People, people should have the right and the choice to do what they need to do to support their family and make sure that their loved ones and their elderly are not being waved at through a window. That is one of the most unbelievable things that I, and saddest things that I can ever say about this country, that we've allowed our elderly to be left alone, to pass away alone. And that should never, ever, ever happen again. So it, it, sorry. It's a common, no, I'm sorry. It's a common <clears throat> sense uh, issue. And it's something that Republicans can work together on with independents yes. and, you know, moderate Democrats who are looking to solve problems rather than fight party lines. Well, and they, they want to talk about followed science, but yet they don't follow it. You know, they've, they've gone and they've tried to force these masks on everybody, but yet they don't talk about putting goggles on because if you get uh, someone sneeze in front of you, sure, okay, you're wearing a mask that you made at your house that has no medical benefit to it whatsoever, but you're going to get stuff in your eye and you're going to catch that disease. So why aren't we following the real science? If there's really a pandemic, why aren't we really doing what we should be doing? Well, I'm going to relate it to your uh, career and to what you just discussed. There are talks about a major uh, new variant coming this fall that's starting now and possibly two. And they're talking again about masking and uh, again, the vaccination issues. So what you are discussing is really going to be a prime discussion as people go to the ballot box in November. Yes, it, it has to be. I mean, I survived COVID twice. I have an autoimmune disease. I, I, I don't wear a mask uh, personally when I'm out and about because I don't leave the house if I'm sick. And, you know, there are variables to, to what people say about that. But if we take care of ourselves, we know when we're sick and we try not to go out and put ourselves in, in, in with groups of people. Uh, one of the other things is, you know, employers need to lighten up back like they were when the pandemic started. If someone was sick, you could call in and you had no problem taking off the time that you needed to get well. Now, because the government has messed up everything and people aren't working and employers can't find enough employees, if you call off sick now, there's companies that have policies that you don't show up for three days, you're going to get fired. And we've got to make sure that it's safe for people to stay at home and recover and then safe to go to work. That's right. Tell us a little bit about the 35th district where you are representing. So the 35th district is um, new with the, um, with the redistricting and it's East Orlando and East Os uh, Osceola. Um, it's kind of the farmlands. It's uh, 180,000 people. And uh, we have um, kind of a district that is just one that I've got to get out and knock on the doors, which I'm doing. I've, I've knocked on over 3,000 doors. I've ca called over 4,000 people. The, this is a district that people don't go across town to events. You have to catch them in their perfect little uh, uh, cocoon of a life that they have. It's a, it's a lot of retired people and people are happy here in, in District 35, but they, they, they have issues. They wanna make sure that we, we get back to bringing God into to, uh, politics. They want to make sure that people are working hard and not disappearing. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, that they voted for somebody and then they never hear from them again. And like what I'm going to try to do is go out there once I'm elected and one, one day a week while my kids are in school, and knock on doors and call people and introduce myself to the to the constituents because they need to know that I'm working for them. And you really are, you and your family, I should say, the examples of the American dream. Your wife's yes. family came legally from Chile, I believe. And yes. you were born and uh, raised in Florida and graduated college, married, and uh, have children, you're actually both flight attendants. Tell us a little bit about how being an American first patriot is so much a part of your life. It, it truly is. We, you know, I grew up here in Florida. My wife grew up in Florida. 
her parents uh, came here, took her dad like three or four years to get through all the paperwork. And uh, he got here and he went to West Virginia and he's an engineer. He worked hard all his life. And he, he and my dad taught us the value of working hard. My dad became the base commander of the Titan program, putting up the rockets in Cocoa Beach. And we, as, as a family, have two father figures that were our idols. And we've taken that, we're doing, we're teaching our kids how to respect and grow and make America one of the best places in the world to live. And we, we just love it here. And we're going to make sure that we make a change and we help this is, uh, the community to do better. Well, Ken, you are an example of the new face of the GOP. You are a grassroots, Donald Trump supporting, America First Agenda, Save America, MAGA candidate. You are running in the 35th House of Representatives for the state level in Florida. And we are so happy to have you on the Jewess Patriot. Where can our listeners find you? I'm at votedavenport.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Ken Davenport for Florida. And uh, any donations, any volunteer work, anything that anybody in the Orlando area could do to help my campaign, we are going to win this campaign and we're going to bring a change to the, to the government so that people have a better and safe, safer feeling for where they live. Now, can people uh, vote early like they can in New York by you? Yes, ma'am. That's going to start on the um, 8th or 9th of August. We'll have early voting. And then August 23rd is the last day of voting. So there'll be mail-ins and there'll be early voting. Uh, we're doing ballot chases now to make sure that we let people know about us and that we're going to make a difference for, for everybody. Well, we would love to have you back. Your issues are so timely. They're so uh, important to all of us from all ages, all backgrounds, all states. Ken Davenport, you have our endorsement and support, and we would love to have you back on the Jewess Patriot. I would love to be back as well. Thank you so much for having me on. You've served our country and made us proud. Many of you have come home, continue to lead, and look out for one another. So it's important we all learn the five signs of emotional suffering. If you or someone you know is experiencing one or more of these signs, reach out, connect, offer to help. Hey, what's the matter? In or out of uniform, we can help our families and nation stay strong. Visit changedirection.org. Hello and welcome. This is Dan Perkins. I'm the executive producer and co-founder of Blacks and Whites. And uh, we're, we're bringing Cindy's and her syndicated show to our network. She's on Sundays at 5 p.m. and on Tuesday evenings at 9.30. Uh, we decided we'd try to attract two different audiences with her. Um, she has quite a reputation. And we're looking forward to the content that she's going to be able to give to you, our listeners, and her listeners uh, on her Jewish Patriot uh, show. So welcome aboard. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to sharing headlines and trends from the Jewish world to the non-Jewish audience and vice versa as Talk Radio's premier Jewish women activist. And where can our listeners find it in case they miss it so they could stream it anytime they could go to blacksandwhites.us and under the show menu there's a drop down menu and there'll be your name and it'll take you to a landing page on our website where they can hear your show and also read other things about what's going on in cindy's life thank you so much for joining us dan you're welcome thank you we'll look forward to having you on the network great thank you okay Welcome back to this very special show about the August 23rd primaries. Joining us now is someone who has been with us before, but his voice is critical to everyone around the country because he is an active detective in New York law enforcement. And headlines all across the country are about safety and about these Soros-funded district attorneys that are letting people out with no bail or little bail who are going to become repeat criminals. 
We must stop it. And we have the opportunity with Mike Rakebrand, who is running in a primary against Andrew Garbarino in New York, too. One of the 13 called out by Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. for his support of the January 6th committee and many of the Biden administration's bills, including infrastructure. Mike is needed in Washington as a congressman elected official to sponsor, co-sponsor, and bring to the floor actual legislation about safety. And he lives and he's going to represent a suburb. We don't hear enough about the suburbs. So welcome back to the show, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. So tell us what it's like these days as somebody involved in New York law enforcement and you are campaigning, but you're also a detective. And tell us what it is like when you see the headlines about the DA Alvin Bragg and what constituents are asking you about. It's uh, as a cop, it's very frustrating. It's uh, it's doing the same work over and over again, only to see the people be released right away to continue the same things they've been doing. There's no, there's no end point, you know, and there's no ability for you to actually protect the community, which is what you're there to do. When you have people like this, these activists who pretend to be prosecutors or DAs that go out and release them right back into the communities to commit the same kinds of crimes they've been committing. Um, people, people are scared. Uh, I hear it a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, We've been out canvassing just about every day now, knocking on doors, talking to people all over the, the district. And, and you hear a lot. And the crime right here even is starting to kick up a bit because, again, you have the same policy across the state and across the country. So, you know, the Democrats really, feel. And it's it's this revolving door of justice that allows them back up. The Democrats feel that they have the women's vote because of the abortion issue. But you are in a suburb, and I know you have a lot of support from the young mothers and the grandmothers in your district, including people that said they will vote for you in the general election because they want common sense elected officials. Tell us what you are seeing in the suburbs, because what's going on on Long Island is going on in the suburbs. Of course, we know what happened in Highland Park. We see it all across the country. Sure. Look, the, the crime doesn't just end at the border of the city, right? It, it, it goes everywhere. So drugs are everywhere. Crime is everywhere. Uh, we have administrations right now that are doing nothing about any of it, you know, and as the congressman, as the, the congressman here for District 2, I can do a lot, actually. We can, we can get in there and actually write legislation, sponsor legislation that's going to put a stop to these kinds of DAs, to this activism in DAs offices and places where it should never occur. Um, the women here, honestly, the, the majority, over half my district is, is middle-aged women, you know, women in that particular age group, and, and they are scared, and I, I don't blame them. You know, they're having to watch what they're doing when they're going shopping. A lot of them tell me now they won't go by themselves. They'll take friends, they'll go in groups, things of that nature, because they're worried about being robbed or being confronted or dealing with one of the, the, the drug-addicted homeless that are mentally unstable, you know, all these horrible things that you see continuously through go ahead go ahead it's you know there's there's no we need law enforcement representation we might never know we need people who actually understand what's happening and how to actually confront and stop these things not you know well-intentioned or activist driven people who don't really understand the problem and the actual really honest nature of the problem you know we don't we don't need police reform and it has nothing to do with policing. You know, and that's what we get. We get these heavy-handed backwards policies that make no sense, have no real effect on the crime rate and just serve to maybe make somebody feel better about themselves. It's just, it's not appropriate. It doesn't work. We need actual common sense, you know, policy, actual common sense laws and actual common sense enforcement of those laws. You so know, there can be accountability, but there has to be accountability on all sides. I don't think there are too many other people running for elected office that are actually in law enforcement. We hear about a lot of veterans, which you are, but I don't think yeah. there are actually a lot of people in law enforcement. Where can our listeners find you, donate, volunteer, and get to know more about you? 
uh, the website, www.mikerakebrandforcongress.com or on uh, any of our social medias. We're on all those different social medias at Mike for New York too. Mike Rakebrand, keep up the great work. We'll have you back again before the primary. And we need people like you who are dedicated to making a change in all of our lives, regardless of whether you are Democrat, Independent, or Republican. Thank you so much for joining the Jewish Patriot. So, what has Andrew Garbarino done for you lately? Let's see. Recklessly voted for Joe Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill betrayed fellow Republicans by voting to certify the 2020 election. Oh, and voted to create an independent commission to investigate the July 6th protest. Andrew Garbarino is no Republican, but Mike Rakebrandt is. New York's 2nd District deserves a real Republican to protect them in Washington. Mike Rakebrandt is a real Republican who won't turn his back on the Republican Party. Mike Rakebrandt is a faithful New Yorker, awarded the Purple Heart, protecting your freedoms on the battlefield, and as an NYPD detective, knows how to protect New Yorkers. When you vote for Mike Rakebrandt in the Republican primary, he'll protect your freedoms in Congress to secure our southern border and let ICE do their jobs, ban critical race theory in our schools, and withdraw from the Paris Climate Agreement. Vote for Mike Rakebrandt on June 28th and return common sense and good stewardship to New York's 2nd District. Mike Rakebrandt won't turn his back on Republicans, and Mike Rakebrandt won't turn his back on you. Learn more about Mike Rakebrandt at MikeRakebrandtForCongress.com. Again, visit MikeRakebrandtForCongress.com. Paid for by Mike Rakebrandt for Congress. We are running out of time. Remember, get out and vote. If you can't vote in person on primary day, August 23rd, please request an absentee ballot or go in person and early vote. If you need a car ride, if you have any questions, contact your local board of elections. And depending what party you belong to, call up your local GOP or Democratic uh, locations and they will assist you with everything. I hope you're voting red. I hope you're gonna help us flip local, state and national elections so that we can make America great again. See you next week. Thanks for watching The Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on The Jewish Patriot Show.